1: A straw in the wind. That old worm is beginning to turn. Be careful, friends. I'm throwing this straw in the wind out there. For any of you kid types who may think that you're in a saddle, man, there's a straw in the wind that the worm is turning. May I read to you a little news note we just got in from the A.P. wire, huh? Milano, Italy. Students are holding Milan's Vittorio Veneta High School, except for one section which their parents have taken away from them. The students had occupied the school for ten days, camping in the classrooms and studying quotations from Mao Zedong's Little Red, book. Then their parents decided it was time to put the children back to work. They stormed the school last Tuesday. Parents, by the masses, by the thousands, the students tried to hold off the assault with the water barrages. They even tried the brutality and the fire and squirtings, but they were hopelessly outnumbered and driven into the streets by the raging parents. Then the parents, having won the battle, abandoned all but a smaller section of the school. The students returned to continue their sit-in and plot the strategy. The parents have agreed to hold on to their, quote, the liberated area on the advice of the school, the principal. <laughs> Little forty-eight thousand angry parents starts st- <laughs> oh man storming the library you know throwing the kids <laughs> la happy birthday to you happy birthday Tony would you please uh, since it is Saturday night and you know people are very nervous on Saturday night and we got all kinds of little goodies all arranged there for you oh ain't that a sound ain't that a gut sound oh this is a soul sound listen to that. Oh, that's a gut sound. We're warm and everything. <clears throat> Kazoo's ready. Juice harper's ready. And now, if you will, Tony, please. Hein. a Try. Oh, yeah. Da-da, 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 da-da. Come home, Bill Bailey. I'll pay the rent. I'll pick the dishes up. Won't you come home, old Bill? Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? i done you wrong. i done you wrong, old Bill. Yeah, yeah. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? I'll pay the rent. I'll wash the dishes and make the thing go. beep, beep beep, 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 beep. Rumpo, Bill Bailey, won't you come home? I know I've done you wrong. There you go. That's enough. <laughs> Wasn't bad, was it, Tony? Hey, listen, you guys. All these smokes. Uh, whew, oh, boy. Yeah. One of the most exciting moments of any act, you know, is when the, they appear on the Ed Sullivan Show and they finish their big tap dance and the crowd is roaring. And Ed Sullivan, he claps and he calls him out on the stage. And the tap dancer goes, Oh, thank you, Ed. Thank you, folks out there. <laughs> yeah, It's all part of the act. It's all part of showbiz. You know, speaking of showbiz, friends, got to salute a couple of gorillas out there. I think gorillas don't get enough of real good publicity. As you know, most people uh, kind of put gorillas down. You know, the whole business of King Kong. and you know, They didn't do gorillas much good, you know, really. They get a lot of bad publicity. Gorillas and snakes. They get a bad, <laughs> they get a bad publicity. Here's a little note uh, you may be interested in from Bristol, England. The police have been called to the zoo here in Bristol, England to take fingerprints of three gorillas. Don't ask me why the devil are taking the fingerprints of three gorillas. <laughs> but they are. You know, that to me is the essence of this article, you know, the piece. Why are they taking them? Okay, you want to know? I'll tell you. They're taking fingerprints of three gorillas, but so far they can think of no way to get the gorillas. What? A, what a name. This gives you an idea what kind of gorillas they are, friend. The ringleader of the gorillas is, is named Samson. Oh! <laughs> Samson, Delilah, and of all names, Caroline. Those three gorillas, they will not cooperate. The prints are needed for an international study book being compiled by the zoo in Frankfurt, West Germany. The zoo curator said that the use of tranquilizers would entail too great a risk. Quote, we are thinking of sending a keeper into the cage to try to get the gorillas to grip a cup covered with a suitable print retainer. Shh. Well, there you go. There goes another keeper down the drain. (laughs) Ha, ha. Well, all right. Gorilla shoes, just so you don't... Uh, you just don't get a gorilla's fingerprints easy. And so, this vast, mad, fantastic, insane... Oh, hey, here's an ad, friends. Washington, D.C. It says, a uh, little ad, uh, want ads? I click want ads. They're great. Uh, Washington, D.C. Professional landlord wanted... I didn't know there was a profession called landlord. I thought you owned something, and you were a landlord, you know? But apparently you couldn't be one. Professional landlord wanted. Here's a great opportunity for an experienced professional landlord to make a really fantastic deal. We are looking for a qualified landlord. Can't you see Simon Legree? Reading this ad. And, uh <laughs> I guess you'd call Simon LeGree a qualified, uh, professional, experienced landlord, right? Oh, yeah, we we one time did uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin. Uh, There's this a great little play there one time. We did it in seventh grade. And I remember Esther Jane hopping from one piece of cardboard ice to the other. And with those great big old dogs played by Schwartz and Flick, yapping at her. They were wearing dog suits. <laughs> oh, high point in drama. Hey, listen, we're going to have to... Uh, Bring a little uh, reality into our lives tonight. It's Saturday night, and uh, I just feel... uh, Would you bring me a little uh, of the reality sounds? No, Tony, that's it. The little reality sounds, Tony. Oh, that's a good sound. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, blow them things. Isn't that a great sound? Listen to that sound. That's the authentic sound. Man, that's the real thing. They're chugging up a great big grade in West Virginia. Reset that, Tony. We'll need that. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? I had a letter from a kid here. It says Dear Chef, having reached the obsolescent age of 15, and fearing, I'm quoting exactly here, having reached the obsolescent age of 15, and fearing the and fearing the need of transportation wheels in the future, I purchased with the reluctant help of the old man a dot dot <laughs> half hours. She was my everything. Felt funny, and so I couldn't stand very well. And and everything felt heavy. It was wild because you see I had no weight under the water. I was kind of floating up and down. And I staggered, grabbed the edge of the tank, and he helped me out. He said, "Take off the suit, kid." Come on, I ain't got all day. I, I ain't got... I'm, I'm, I'm not working on overtime. Now, come on, let's get that thing off. So I take the suit off. Big, tough foreman. I give him the suit. He said, what time are you coming back tomorrow? I hadn't told me this. I said, what time are I you coming back tomorrow? Well, what time do you open? He said, well, we're here about 8 o'clock in the morning. We start selling tickets. You better be here so they see you in the tank. 8 in the morning? Seven o'clock the next morning, still stiff and cold, I reported for duty. Went down into the tank, and at eight o'clock I could see the crowds of kids walking around, carrying bags of peanuts. They brought the school kids in early to watch them set up the, you know, all that stuff, in them, and I could see all the people, and they'd wave at me once in a while. I stayed in that tank that second day until midnight from 8 a.m. till midnight. And around about noon, the ice began to form. And I couldn't move my arms. Do you know that I was actually frozen in a block of ice? Every day from noon until midnight, there was nothing but ice around me. And every two hours, the engineer would wave and knock on the top of the tank, and I would say, Hello, those Robin. I'm broadcasting from a tank of ice... And, uh, it's very exciting, and, uh, and, uh, it's, uh, uh it's very exciting. And, uh, I'm here on the circus grounds, and, uh, it's, uh, very exciting. <laughs> and, uh, I want all of you to come down and, uh, and to see this, uh, exciting circus. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, very exciting, and, uh, <laughs> well, this went on for an entire week. I think this forever affected my attitude towards life, showbiz, ice. You can't talk me into skiing anymore. That's kid stuff. Even at this time, once in a great while, when I'm in a philosophical mood, when somebody says, uh, give me bourbon on the rocks, and I take a look at those ice cubes, somehow I have a sense of empathy. Somehow... Ice cubes and me were out of the same atmosphere, the same milieu, the same, uh, shall I say, the uh, same background. Well, finally, at long last, they had the big unveiling, the whole point, the whole culmination of the entire promotion. You see, everybody thought I was in there all the time. The culmination of the the whole week was to come at 9 o'clock Right in the middle of the final performance of the circus, when they unfroze me, and I emerged after a week of harrowing experience being frozen in the ice. And they wheeled me in. I'll never forget that. It was was one of the wildest moments that I ever had in the entire, my whole life of, 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 of theater and showbiz and performance, the whole shtick was, I, I'm lying there, and the engineer has given me the cue. You say, we're going to go on in about five minutes. He says, watch it. See, so you can sit five minutes, and I'm lying in this block of ice. It's been freezing now since about 10 o'clock that morning. They started it early that day. They wanted to make sure it was real frozen. So, and they froze me in this block of ice from about 10 o'clock on. And here it is now. Oh, does the time go slow. You know, when you're in ice, friends, you don't have any chance to read. <laughs> you really are frozen. You can't read. You can't do anything. You just lie there. And you examine your navel. And you know that they were starting to complain. They could talk to me back. I had earphones plugged in the thing here. They could talk to me, and they were saying, you know, your broadcasts are getting kind of funny. And he says, why don't you lighten it up a little? Towards towards Thursday, I was getting very philosophical, like saying things like, friends, have you ever wondered what it's all about? <laughs> you don't say that in the middle of a broadcast of a circus. Things like, uh, you know, I begin to believe now, friends, that time is the great enemy, the thief. Friends, and, and then they cut me off. So here it is, Friday night, the big high point, the culmination of the week of being frozen into that fantastic block of ice. And the band stuff, you give me a little of that fast. Oh, Flip it over, Tony, on the other side. You'll find a wild thing on cut one. What is it? What's that? a side one, cut one. That's what I want. All right, kid. Think clean thoughts. Keep your knees loose and give them a low. I said, I repeat, give them a low silhouette. <laughs> This is WOR710 Radio New York, your station for news as it happens.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more,